social distancing, hands in the air, it's a stick up, part two. Going outside your house these days without a mask can almost get you charged with indecent exposure. Everything is such a mood that we can no longer tell the difference between regular folk, erring on the side of caution, versus those who wish to exploit this dilemma for personal gain. As if it's not bad enough that we have been ordered to stay indoors, yay, screams the introverts, we are now required to stand six feet apart to minimize physical contact. We not out here singing Diana Ross's, reach out and touch somebody's hands. No, no, not around here. In my weird imagination, lives thoughts in 3D, outfitted with cinematography, background music, and sound effects. This whole ordeal, to me, is playing out like Clive Owens' clever heist in the movie Inside Man, where the robbers held up a bank dressed in jumpsuits as painters. Then, in a stroke of pure genius, they force all of the hostages to wear the same getup, and before the authorities were any wiser, the criminals walked right out the front door alongside the innocent. There was no separating the sheep from the goat here. Well, at least until it was time for questioning. Translation, don't get hoodwinked, ask questions. Oscar Wilde, I hear you when you say, be yourself, because everyone else is taken. But how do I do that, sir, when I have no idea who I am? I spent the majority of my 20s wearing a mask, long before it was a thing. Pretentiousness was my disguise of choice. I was a perpetrator of wholesomeness, though I doubt it ever translated well. The lines for me eventually became so blurred that I began to lose touch of which face I should wear in which setting. There was a church me and a home me, which were never to be confused with professional me, and especially not flirtatious me. Then there was the me that wanted to be a little hood, but still enunciated all my words and had manners. So much so that in various settings, I was the poster child of one of these things just doesn't belong here. <laughs> Thing is, masks have now become fashionable. We've given them matching head wraps in an array of poppin' patterns. I reckon we go whole and just throw in a jab. Dare I say, if you're hiding your colorful truth behind the mask of virtue and morality, you are indeed guilty of a crime. Impersonation of a decent human, I call it. It's one thing to be a lone gunman. But when you decide to make someone the getaway driver without their knowledge, in your careless escapades, this is now a personal offense. As I sit in my cozy corner and observe life, I conclude that many people are walking around concealing their true identity. I'm reminded of the movie Set It Off and how Jada Smith's character was an aggressive bank robber by day. And by night, she was a timid, grieving sister, spending time with a man who'd hoped he'd found his future. Although we may not be thieves in the sense that warrants disdain and capital punishment, many of us have deprived others of our most authentic selves. I mean, can any of us say that we are wholly transparent, which is offering honest answers without being asked questions with the people that we encounter? When wearing a mask, for the most part, only the eyes are visible. Our eyes are said to be the windows to the soul. Yet, they hide so much. I would argue that many of our windows are tinted or foggy. We can't see out and no one can see looking in. 
Those eyes of ours are more focused on conducting trial by fire, followed by judgment with applause, than looking to see what's good in others. Translation, if looks could kill. Growing up, I remembered hearing adults repeat the line, a liar is a thief and a thief is a murderer. As a kid, hearing this, you can imagine all I pictured was eternal damnation. These words were what they referred to as putting the fear of God in us. But as an adult, I can find the perfect application of this phrase into real-life situations. When you lie, even if by omission, you have just swindled someone out of the opportunity to decide if they want to let you pass, hello. This not only renders you guilty of stealing someone's time by not being forthcoming, but it also makes you a murderer as you have prevented them from living with the right to make an informed decision. No, you may not have held a gun to someone's head, but had you said up front, hey, I'm allergic to monogamy, they might have opted out. Hence, in the closing arguments of a breakup, someone is citing the infamous line, I don't even know who you are. I can't speak for you. But to me, this screams, hands up, it's a stick up. (laughs) What that person, or you for that matter, just did is hijacked someone's vehicle. The power to control the outcome of their situation. I suppose at some point, many of us hid behind a smokescreen. By my late 20s, I for one stayed draped in a facade. So much so that even I became confused by which me was the truth from the lie. I didn't want to be distinct. I figured I could be invisible if I was just like all the others. Had I known as Dr. Seuss says, why are you trying to fit in when you were meant to stand out? I would have saved myself years of wasted energy. When I wrote my first book, I asked a pastor friend of mine to write the foreword. He agreed, but he had no clue he was about to be shook. As he read the pages, I later learned, he kept going back to the cover to ensure that it was my name printed there because what was before him described someone it seemed he'd never met. In his defense, he was right. I only showed him, and everyone else for that matter, snippets of what I thought they wanted to see. Back then, I was ailing with that people-pleasing syndrome. Most times, I told people the things I thought they wanted to hear. Better yet, the things that would portray me as just a girl next door. (laughs) No such luck. I still stood out like an Eskimo on the beach during summer. I was by all accounts an imposter, walking around with a phony identity, robbing my family and friends with a mask of fabrication. Many folks read my book and felt I had given too much information. Others questioned, Why would you air your dirty laundry like that? I mean, if you read the book and it didn't speak to you on any level, then the message in it wasn't for you. For starters, my journey is no one else's but mine. Secondly, when you narrate your own story, you keep the power. Lastly, no one can hold my past over me like it's kryptonite. I don't hide or run from my actions. No, I own them and that doesn't make me weak. I finally understand why people who go to any kind of addiction meeting introduce themselves by saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, and then admitting, I am a... If you confess it, 
then no one can ever use it to imprison you. For most of the working class, there is a great deal of time spent away from family. Realistically, by the time you get home, you would have only seen your significant other or your children for a few short hours. In most cases, it's those moments right before it's time to hit the sack. Now that we're in a mandatory home detention, we are forced to spend extended periods of time in limited quarters with a person we only know by face value. Many feel stuck in a house with what can only be termed as an undocumented alien. Maybe Tamiya was onto something when she sang, There's a stranger in my house. You know what? No, I stopped. But she was onto something. There's a stranger in my house. It took a while to figure out. There's no way you could be who you say you are. You gotta be someone else. Yeah, you look familiar, but who are you? This is the unfortunate reality many families are now faced with. Really? What do you do when you lay next to someone and you don't have anything in common? I'll tell you, a few of these relationships got folks stuck in a real-life movie of Perfect Stranger. Listen, if your essential mask isn't making you turn Clark Kent into Superman, Peter Parker into Spider-Man, or Bruce Wayne into Batman, then you're just a villain named Two-Face, punishing others for things they didn't do. Look, I'm right there with you. Got my t-shirt, a mug, and all my matching paraphernalia. Not walking in my truth, though, made me screw up and potentially miss out on some opportunities. Being fake made me burn some bridges and mess up some meaningful relationships. Believe me when I tell you it's not worth it. Live your truth. People may not like you because of it, but they would at least respect you for it. Yes, they'll talk for a while, but then it'll be just like everything else, forgotten. Bruce Jenner did what? <laughs> Same thing. I'm by no means advocating that you write some tell-all book or stand erect on a soapbox and shout all your business in the streets. Being truthful doesn't mean telling any and everyone everything about you. No, ma'am. Know your safe space. Still, my journey calls for something different than yours, unless you know this is what yours calls for too. What I'm saying is this. Don't hide behind a pretense armed with offense as you hold people hostage to a you that does not exist. If you find that you are rejected because of your honesty, then that situationship ain't the one for you. Don't bind yourself to anything if you can't be accepted with all your frills and folly. Believe me when I say freedom is a must and nothing but truth will make you free. John 8 and 32.